What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Dual Sense Podcast. This is episode 14. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason. I'm joined, as always, by Travis. Travis, how's it going today? I'm still recovering from catching up on Peaky Blinders and my immense and unmeasurable disappointment in the ending of season five. <laughs> well, you can't spoil the show here, but just can you talk generally what your issue with it was? Yeah. Um, every time I, I like a character, they're no longer a character. Mm. Uh, that's not really true. <laughs> Sometimes they don't need to be characters anymore. Um, what did I not like? Well, it's a cliffhanger, which is fine. And usually I like to wait until all of the episodes are out before I watch a series because I hate cliffhangers. It's just like, I felt like there were ways to avoid what happened that were pretty apparent mm. and they somehow didn't see them and they somehow couldn't put them together, which seemed very unpeaky like in the last season, there's stuff that was happening that I didn't catch on to until it happened, which usually I'm pretty good about catching on to things in movies and TV series. So I've come to expect that like little things I don't necessarily see coming. And then none of those things happened and everything I saw happened as I saw it. And it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, I think that I think I've told you before, but I think that season five is the weakest season, if memory serves. Right. It was just slow. But they did a good thing. They the good thing they did that they did do with that season is they avoided the Dexter issue, which is spoiler alert for Dexter, but every season there's a new uh villain and every season the villain dies. Hmm. It's every season. It's the same thing. Like we got a new bad guy. He's gone. We got a new bad guy. He's gone. Like I get it. <laughs> you know, Peaky, Peaky. Yeah. Peaky's a little bit that way. Would you say? Yeah, it can veer that way, but it's mm -hmm. a little more, it's not as predictable. It's, it's like, um, like a Guy Ritchie movie at times where there's so many layers, it's easy to miss one. And then when, if you rewatch it, you you can kind of see where you miss things. Well, Travis, for the uninitiated or the noobs, we promise this is a weekly PlayStation podcast where you and I get together and discuss all of the latest news, rumors, upcoming game releases, and a little bit more in the world of PlayStation. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and also on YouTube if you prefer to listen there. If you'd like to engage with us, you can do that on Twitter at the DualSense Pod. We do also stream games occasionally at twitch.tv slash the DualSense podcast. If you enjoy the show, we hope that you will subscribe, leave us a review, and share us with a friend or a loved one. Or if you don't like what you hear, share us with someone you hate. Either way, <laughs> we're fine with that. <laughs> we post episodes every Sunday on all the podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. So without further ado, Travis, talk to me about what you've been playing this past week. Well, I won another F1 race. I actually streamed it this time and um, hmm. had another part fail. It's a, it's a common theme. So I had a, a major aerodynamic upgrade fail, which didn't seem to matter because I won. I won the pole <laughs> by um, eight thousandths of a second, which is crazy. Wow. Um, That's, I, yeah. I cut a corner in the last chicane and it didn't give me a penalty for some reason. So... I should have qualified like 15 because I should have had a second penalty, but whatever. Um, anyway, I won the race. It was a fairly boring race outside of that. Um, I don't really remember anything that happened. 
the F1 league that I commentate for last week, I was the only commentator. <laughs> How did that go? Well, I wasn't prepared. I didn't find out until about, I don't know, five minutes before it started. Hmm. They also shortened qualifying, and um, so that kind of cut into my time I would have normally had to be prepared. Uh, one guy decided it was, he went, He said he was going to dinner. I guess he's doing his own thing. And um, the other guy said he had a panic attack um, and couldn't be there. So I had very little time to prepare. I was prepared to be like Aaron Andrews. You know, I have my questions and <laughs> things like that. And then all of a sudden I'm calling a race and like, I'm trying to figure out where the points are and remember all the turn names and this, that, and the other. And then I had to be the camera guy too for the live stream. And you know, oh it was just, my God. yeah, I wasn't ready for that level of commitment. If I would have known a few days in advance, it would have been much, much easier. But um, all things considered, I think it was fine. Did I see that you guys are off this week? Is this an off week? Yeah, it's an off week, um, which is good because a couple of drivers have to, uh, you know, pull a 12-hour shit at the hospital or the Costco or wherever they work. So Hmm. (laughs) we'll be back in next week. I don't even know where we are next week. Is it a UK holiday or something? Is that why? Or is it just you just they're just taking a break? I think they're following the actual F1 schedule. The actual F1 is off this week, and they'll be oh, back next cool. week. So I think we're just kind of mirroring what they're doing, except for the tracks, because there's a couple of F1 tracks that are one-offs this year that that we don't have. So That's cool. Other than that, what do we do? Uh played a little COD last night, and we kicked some ass last night. You did, and I did not. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I was kicking ass last night. <laughs> Got like my fourth chopper gunner. I didn't realize I could steer the damn thing. That's how little I get them. And, or shoot missiles. Or shoot missiles. I was shooting the gun for like, what, a minute and a half? And then I was like, oh, a missile. And I started <laughs> shooting missiles. And then uh-huh. a, a guy shot me and I realized I could move it as I was going down, which is fine. I finally figured out how to fly the chopper gunner right before the new one comes out. So perfect. And then we um, smashed Avengers, um, pun intended, because I love being the Hulk. Mm. I think what we're both about, our power levels are both about 100 now. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're over the, the century mark which is awesome. So we got 50 more to go and then mm-hmm. I guess we'll switch out some characters. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, the newest, I guess, perk I have is um, I, if I grab a guy, um, I can grab two guys now and I can smash them together. <laughs> oh, wow. I haven't seen you do that yet. And That's it's, awesome. And it's awesome. No, I haven't gotten it to work. I keep messing it up. Like I'll end up grabbing a guy and then it's kind of like, I have to make a decision, so usually I'll just jump in the air and smash them into the ground. Uh, just that's just fun to do anyway. That's dope. That's so awesome. The the powers or the bit whatever the perks the abilities are so fun. Oh yeah, I love just beating the crap out of people into the ground. Mm-hmm. Did you play anything else? No, that was uh, well. I did play some Fall Guys with my wife last night. We um, tried the new update. Um, they've added some. Different stuff to pretty much every level. They'll kind of change as you go. Like sometimes you'll be on the whirly gig and they might add some hammers in a spot or the second fan you go through, maybe it's the third fan you go through, that big open field they used to have is now randomly it'll have hammers in it. Or oh, great. Uh, they'll put a gigantic hammer in front of the, at the end of the yellow ramp that speeds you up to jump. Mm-hmm. They'll put a gigantic hammer there. <laughs> there were some floating hammers on the seesaw if that wasn't hard enough anyway. Jesus. Um, so some stuff like that they threw in. Um, some of the spinny things they've added bars to randomly, so that makes them twice as hard. And they've taken away a couple of shortcuts you could take on some of the uphill climbs. You can't really hug the corner anymore. 
because you'll get hit with a hammer or, or the little uh, <laughs> snowman that move will get you. So they've added mm. some cool stuff that's pretty clever. But um, yeah, it's fun. It's it's kind of back now to where it was. You know how it was fun and competitive and then it got like all the little kids and fucking nerds were really good at it. Uh-huh. And then this kind of knocked it back a little bit and made it a little bit more easy for the, um, what do you call them? Not the casual gamers. What's the word you call them? Mm, the filthy casuals? Yes, for the filthy casuals. Hmm. Well, this week I played Red Dead Online per usual. Got my challenges. And I ever since they've updated the game recently, when they fixed it from where they broke it with the update, if you can keep track of all that, I hardly ever see any other players in the game. I've heard that. That's pretty common, yeah, across the board. I will just randomly see a player, like one player, every now and then, and usually they're in defensive mode, which means that they don't show up on the map. So I'll just like randomly see or hear a horse like galloping and I'll look and it's a player. So I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is there, but I can tell you that the animal spawns, really the spawns for everything are just, are, have been awesome. Like the random events and those sorts of things, like they pop up all the time. So that, that part is cool. I still, in a way, I miss having the other players like in the game, um, but I'm sure that they'll fix that at some point. Then played Call of Duty, like you said. Uh, it was not my night last night. I just couldn't pull it together. It was just one of those nights for me. Hopefully, I got all the bad juju out because we're going to be partaking in some more Call of Duty tonight that right. we'll probably talk about in a little while. And we played Avengers, as you mentioned, and still just grinding out Captain America. He's awesome. I love playing with him still. And we need to try... We need to try soon to get all four of us together so we can do one of those vault missions That's right. pretty soon because we can all do that now. And then the last thing that I was playing this week was I caved and bought NBA 2K21. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. After I said that I wasn't going to get it. So here's here's why. Here's why I got it. I had like $100 in store credit at Game Exchange. And... Obviously, I know that I'm going to get the digital edition of the PlayStation 5 and going in and buying used physical copies of games isn't going to do me any good. So I was out in town one day and I was like, you know, I'm going to swing by there and I'm going to see if they've got any PlayStation Vita games. And I'm just going to buy like a, if they I'm going to check prices and just buy a bunch of Vita games and, tr- you know, try to get some because they usually don't have like the market value on their on their Vita games. Mm hmm. So I went in there and I saw some Vita games that I was interested in. And then literally the shelf below it in the glass case was brand new copies of 2K21 on PlayStation 4. I was like, oh man, I never even thought about this. Uh, but I mean, it's basically not going to cost me anything. And I know that the My Team progress carries over to the next gen. So I got to thinking about it. I went ahead and got my Vita game. I got Jack and Daxter collection on Vita, which they were selling for 21 and the nice. cheapest, the cheapest you can find it on eBay is like 40. So I went ahead and got that. And then I went ahead and got a copy of 2K21. Figured I didn't have anything to lose. So with all that said, played that a little bit, just played my team, started it, just starting out basically. They've obviously updated, updated the shooting, which has been the biggest problem so far after mm-hmm. launch pretty much universally. I tried the aiming stick for a little while and it was okay, but it's just not for me. So I 
disabled the shot aiming and just went back to how the stick was last year, which was timing based as we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, I can tell you, I, I watched a video today that was from yesterday and of a YouTube streamer who streams exclusively or whatever makes content exclusively for 2k21. And he was talking about how difficult the game is. And I got to say, there's something going on with the difficulty this year. Like they've either turned, they've turned the sliders up or something. And he looked at them and there's only like from pro or from rookie to hall of fame, which is the hardest one. There's only like eight points difference between <laughs> across, across between no rookie and hall of fame, like on the, all the sliders. Yeah. It used to be like 50 or something, didn't it? Yeah, it was significant. And it's not that way this year. I don't know if that's a glitch. I don't know if that's by design. But I can tell you that I played a challenge because it was like a an agenda item or whatever to get XP. I played a challenge on pro five minute quarters. I played like the 1990 Detroit Pistons. They had the best the best Isaiah Thomas card you can get in the game. The second best uh, Joe Dumars and a, like a and then you know a really good Mark Aguirre card. They they had great cards. And I was doing whatever I wanted to at the start of the game. And then they just turned it on. They wouldn't miss. I couldn't guard them. It didn't mm-hmm. matter what I what I did. They were getting all kinds of offensive rebounds. <laughs> it, I was fortunate, and I forced overtime twice and then won in the second overtime and beat them. But I'm going to tell you, it was difficult. And, I mean, it's, I know I'm not playing with great cards, but right. it was pro. So Still, it's like that old... It's the old Madden glitch where the the CPU catch up glitch, like racing games would have it, where they'll they would magnetize and catch up with you randomly. Uh huh. It's yeah. just like that. It is. So then I was like, well, okay, you know, I played some really tough cards. So I tried a game of triple threat offline, which is three v three, and you know it it matches the cards you play to the you know match to the cards that you use as far as their level. So I played with all emeralds. And it gave me emeralds, maybe a gold. I don't remember. And it played. T- I played a point guard, a shooting guard, and a center. It played two centers and a point guard. <laughs> I could not do anything, and not to mention it was just doing whatever it wanted to do. Right. So the difficulty spike is real for whatever reason, and I guess maybe it's just going to take some more practice, or maybe they'll patch it and change it. But man, right. it, I can tell it's going to be a grind. So I always suck when it first comes out, anyway. Right. But I mean, it felt good. I was wanting to play a basketball game, so it worked out. Right. I'm excited about it and I'm excited about it for now. But if I start playing and it's just, you know, beating my ass into the ground, I'm not going to be as excited anymore. So uh, speaking of, did you see the idol pack they released today? Uh, Manu is Manu. Yeah. Manu is the best card. And they had like a, a Luis Scola and a Paul George and like, Listen, guys, if your idol is Paul George or Luis Scola and you love basketball, you got some fucking problems, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know what games they're playing, but like idols are like Jordan, Correct. LeBron, and Kobe. Like, don't give me fucking Luis Scola. Like, listen, he had a nice hook shot, but that dude never played defense. <laughs> yeah, they are not very good cards at all. Like, the yeah, only one I would ever want to play with was Manu. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're like from Germany, Dennis Schroeder would be your hero because he's, you know, German, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, guys. I know. So I'll play that every now and then and see how that goes just to get my feet wet between now and the PS5, I guess. So that's all I've been playing this week. With that, Travis, it's time to get into the news. Number one, 
Sony finally unveiled more information about the PlayStation 5 at a Wednesday showcase event this week. The stream lasted about 40 minutes and was jam-packed with game demos and trailers, as well as the price and release date of the console. There was a lot to digest from the event, so let's break it down in the proper order of events, Travis. We can kind of stop and talk about each one of these briefly here. The show started off with an announcement and gameplay trailer for the long-rumored Final Fantasy 16, which will be a PlayStation console exclusive. Any thoughts there on Final Fantasy? For people who aren't me, they're probably playing their Vuvu's Whalers really loud and dancing around in the corner. <laughs> That's cool, and I love how they always start off with these type of games, which is fascinating to me because this game is Final Fantasy is a worldwide hit, I think would be fair to say. It has mm-hmm. global appeal. It's kind of like soccer. <laughs> and sure. I just don't get it. And, you know, it's a little unfortunate for me because I feel like I'm missing out on something pretty cool. But that being said, it's not PlayStation without Final Fantasy, I feel like. Right. Like, we need this yeah. for the five. And I'm I'm excited because other people are excited about it. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's not for me either. Um, I've never played a Final Fantasy game. I've never been interested in one, but I, at the same time, I respect and understand that this is a big deal for PlayStation and also for Final Fantasy fans. So good for them. Good yeah. for PlayStation and good, good for Final Fantasy. That was followed, Travis, by a Spider-Man Miles Morales trailer and gameplay demo, which looked insane. What, yeah. what did you think about that? It really did. Um not bad for a non-full-priced game is what I thought when I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I love how we started off walking through the, the neighborhood party and the way everything looked and felt. It, it almost it had its own, its own little atmosphere, but in a different way. Like, you know, open-world games have their own kind of feeling, or even Hitman has its own feeling in, in its own little world, but it felt more lively i'm not sure if that's the ps5 or they're just really good at developing games yeah yeah it felt really dense and alive just like what you're saying it looked cool looked awesome the game the combat looked awesome it was was very very cinematic combat and uh the graphics although the the trailer wasn't in 4k Mm -hmm. um, it still looked very impressive right and the story seemed like it was actually good like it was enough Mm -hmm. to engage me in that little what was like a three minute clip we saw a five minute clip yeah After that, Travis, Warner Brothers Interactive revealed their Harry Potter open-world RPG called Hogwarts Legacy. With a cinematic trailer that may have had some gameplay mixed in, it appeared, Mm -hmm. we learned that the game will release in 2021. Any thoughts there? I I want a John Wick game like this. I know, that'd be so awesome. I've never read the Harry Potters, and I've seen most of the movies. It's kind of cool. It's like... It's a it's a cool way to interact with the world that you see, you know, and then it's kind of like when you when you read a book and then you watch the movie, you're experiencing the world in a different way, but you can never really interact. So it's kind of interesting to see their interpretation of of all these things we've read about and seen for years. It's kind of a it's kind of a cool expansion of that brand. Yeah, I've never read the Harry Potter books either. I tried to in school. They just weren't my thing. Right. I People were gonna. People won't believe this, but I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies either. I know generally what what it's about. Obviously, it's hard not to. But I'll say that this game looked pretty cool. I mean, and I'm. I mean, I am a huge nerd, but like it looked, <laughs> it looked cool. I don't know, like the open worldness of it, and it it looked pretty, and 
it looks cool. It's got my interest. So we'll see. I don't know if it'll be something that I'm into that I actually want to play, but right. I, I, people were super excited about it. That was followed up by a gameplay demo from the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War single player campaign, and it looked epic. Then a developer from Raven Software, who is in charge of the single player campaign this time out, announced that there would be a Black Ops Cold War Alpha this weekend exclusively on the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? So I'm watching this in my office by myself. There's nobody there. Watch the watch the campaign demo. I'm excited. It looks cool. It looks pretty interesting. Then this dude comes out and says, we can play the alpha this weekend for free. And I just start going, like clapping, <laughs> like I'm in the audience. I'm in a room by myself. <laughs> Why am I That's clapping? Awesome. You know? <laughs> so I, yeah. got, I got excited because it was like, you know, I really didn't want to have to play or pre-order it, have to play the beta. So I was excited. And then we get early access and I felt yeah. like I was just in some sort of cool club. I I literally said, oh shit, this is big. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, and the the uh, single player snippet that they showed was was awesome. Looking. Really, was. some some new gameplay mechanics that we yeah. I don't think that we've seen before. As far as you're able to take uh, body shield hostages and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's your there's cool. your cover. Um, did you see? I wonder if we could do that in multiplayer. That'd be kind of cool. Did you see um, the clip with the um, RC car on the airport runway? Mm-hmm. Can't wait. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Can't wait. Up next was Resident Evil Village, or Resident Evil 8 to some, which gave us a cinematic trailer that looked creepy as hell <laughs> and revealed that the game will be out in 2021. I think this is going to be your your game of the year 2021, right? You know what? It probably will win an award like that. It wouldn't surprise me, but it's the second time they've gotten me where the, the uh, trailer started, and I'm like, this looks cool as shit, and I'm into it. And then I'm like, nope. I'm not Something doing. I'm not out. doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Like it was cool for a minute, but I'm out. You know, like I said, I played. What was it? Two or three where those little humans ran on the ground. That was it for me. Yeah, I'll never play the game. Looks looks pretty. Looks looks great. I bet it's the best one ever. Yeah, but I'll never play it. So good luck to you guys out there. Deathloop followed that with another gameplay trailer and introduced some Hitman vibes with mm-hmm. where you can set targets up for assassination, Travis. The game will launch in the second quarter of 2021. So what did you think about that? Did you catch that hit kind of Hitman-esque stuff going on there where you could right. set the targets up? Yeah, you could set them up and kind of strategize a little bit, which was cool. But you also seemed like you had a, you know, you're obviously getting hunted, so you're timed in that way. But it also seemed like you were timed literally by time. Um, uh-huh. And it kind of had like, um, you know, like how you can travel in Dishonored? Yeah. And I, they made that game too, right? And that the same creator or something like that. Yeah, yeah, correct. So I thought that was pretty sweet that you could kind of kind of teleport over. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was like, I'm going to suck at this game. So it's going to take me, you know, 10 hours of gameplay to figure out how to portal at the right time. <laughs> that So I've been interested in this game, but I, but this trailer it's made me... Top. Yeah, this trailer made me very interested. And then when they introduced the fact that you can, you know, do certain things to manipulate the world to get mm-hmm. targets in the certain location at the same time and things like that. Yeah. That really kind of piqued my interest. So right. I got my got my eye on that one. And I like the idea of you're being chased. And I, I would I would like mm-hmm. to I really hope there's like a one v one multiplayer, like I guess a PvPVE would be like that, you know, where one person's hunting you and you're hunting the CPUs. Yeah, that's pretty much what this is. I think so, the other person that hunts you, I think, is a real player, if I'm not mistaken. That'd be pretty awesome because you could like, 
I can you imagine like you're setting up somebody, but they're like three steps ahead of you setting you up. Right. I used to be a blast. <laughs> that was followed by the announcement of Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, which gave us a gameplay trailer and revealed it would be out at launch on the PlayStation 5. I, I don't have much to say about this. I know that it's a big franchise for Capcom. People love it. It's kind of like Final Fantasy's following in a way. What do you think? Anything about this? I saw Capcom and was like, come on, SOCOM. And then they said Devil May Cry, and I thought, fuck this. And then I didn't pay attention. That was followed by a trailer for Oddworld Soulstorm and a new Five Nights at Freddy's game called Security Breach. Neither one of these interested me, and that's why they're both on the same note here. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts about this? No, just Freddy's was terrifying, as always. Mm-hmm. It was like legitimately. It wasn't terrifying like Resident Evil. Yeah. It was creepy. Yeah. I know people love the Oddworld franchise, but I don't get it. It's not for yeah. me. So. I mean, it looks cool, and that's about my interest level. Yep. After that, we got back on track with a lengthy Demon Souls gameplay demo. The game was both gorgeous and terrifying, Travis. Right. What did you what did you think about that gameplay demo? You know, I've never played these because they're so difficult. And yep. the way I play games is very undisciplined, so that makes me terrible at a game like this. But I was kind of into it until I saw the fiery spider. I hate spiders in general and the fiery spider terrifies me if we could take the the fiery spider out like if there was a non-spider mode i would buy the game because it looks like it's pretty fun like he was kicking ass like running yeah. up there and just, just killing all those knights like, it was hilarious the game was gorgeous and then after i saw the side-by-side picture oh, uh, yeah. that i texted you guys earlier today Jeez. of the same segment oh my god it's just so it's night and day and um i played the original game on ps3 and I didn't hate it. It is super difficult, but I also did not get very far in it. Um, I got past the first boss. This game interests me, but I also don't want to pay $70 to be pissed off the yeah, whole time right, while I play right. a game. So I probably won't pick this one up unless maybe down the road when it's on sale or something like that. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. It looks amazing. So It, it might end up on um, the PS Plus collection. Hmm. Sony then cooled off a little bit, Travis, with some Fortnite stuff. Whatever. <laughs> I guess because it's a PlayStation 5 launch game. Hey, they got to get the kids interested. Yeah. Jesus. Whatever. I'm not even going to ask you about that. That was followed by the announcement of the PlayStation Plus collection that you just mentioned. It's a new PlayStation Plus benefit coming to PlayStation 5. Current subscribers will get access to a collection of PlayStation 4 generation-defining titles such as God of War, The Last of Us Remastered, Detroit Become Human, Persona 5, and several other bangers. The entire collection will be available to download and play at the PlayStation 5's launch. What did you think about this? I thought it was pretty awesome. The game list is kick-ass. Yes. It's it's got a lot of awesome shit. It is. It does. <clears throat> There's going to be no reason now for you to not play some of these games because they're going to be free. <laughs> they're going to be bangers. Yeah. I might start with The Last of Us Remastered since it's on there. I would say you, ha- you should at least play that and you should at least play God of War because I think you could handle... You, you may not be able to handle The Last of Us because of the stuff jumping out at you, but you can handle God of War if you, because if you like Marvel's Avengers, it's kind of like just destroying shit cutting shit in half you know so right. you can definitely do that and then we got all the the mythology in it which is pretty sweet it is 
We were really picking up steam at that point, Travis, and Sony finally revealed that the PlayStation 5 will launch on November the 12th in certain countries, including the United States, and on November 19th in the rest of the world. So, what do you think about the release date? So, we were pretty much all over that. We were all over both of the options. I mean, the Mm -hmm. rest of the world and the 12th. Did you notice uh, the fine print when that popped up? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it said they are still working on a release date for China. I thought that was interesting. Really? I, you did text me about that, but I did not notice that on the trailer. That is weird. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess it's their internet. What are you going to call it? Their internet regulations? Or it might be their communism. <laughs> yeah, they probably... I mean, we know they don't like them, but they <laughs> <laughs> will take their money, I guess. I forgot to mention it here too, Travis, but they obviously told us the price as well. So right. the play, the PlayStation 5 standard edition which comes with the disk drive is 499.99 US dollars and the digital edition without the disk drive obviously is 399.99 US dollars. So uh any thoughts on the price as well? No, I just thought that it was about where we expected it. I was kind of thinking it was either going to be for the disk disk it was either going to be 400 or 450 as we got closer i kind of was starting to think it was going to be more expensive just because i was you know i'm a pessimist so figure that was going to happen i think the release date is very close to where we thought about and it makes a lot of sense in regards to the seven week or seven day ad buy in the uk that we discussed a couple of episodes ago do you remember that yeah with starting starting on the 13th and lasting until through the 20th now it makes perfect sense, and I'm going to give you a Jason was right moment where I said that you want the advertising campaign to start either when or right after the console is out so it can say available now. Also, as far as the price, I think the price is just about perfect. I don't think that you could be more expensive than Xbox, and I really don't think that, that they wanted to go over $500 just because there's a negative connotation with that, especially given the problems that they have with the PlayStation 3's price at launch. So I think they hit the sweet spot on the price, and uh, I think the release date is fine going, you know, two days after Xbox. It'll it'll be fine. I do think one thing I wanted to point out is I think it's a little odd that it's a week before Cyberpunk, and but then I thought about it a little bit more, and I realized that, the 19th is the launch of the console in Europe, which is where CD Projekt Red is located. So they're right. going to launch. They're going to launch alongside their PlayStation Fives in their regions. Makes sense. But for a, but for a split second, I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if PlayStation was originally going to launch on the 19th, you know, to be there for Cyberpunk, and then they backed it up. But then I realized that you know Europe is going to get it on the 19th. So that'll be a nice little launch game for those broskies. But Travis, there was one more thing. A teaser for God of War Ragnarok, which launches in 2021. Mm-hmm. And that was a holy shit moment <laughs> really from the was. stream. Although we had an idea that this game was coming because we it was a pretty much foregone conclusion that we would get a God of War sequel. We mm-hmm. didn't we didn't know for sure. We'd only heard rumors and, and things like that. So this was the, a, this, uh, we got the CIA level tweet earlier in, in the day. <laughs> we did about the uh, first letter of every <laughs> Tweeting yeah. all that is that what you're I talking about? That. Yeah, it yeah, was amazing. Yeah, so uh, that was that was a big stinger at the end. Did you have any thoughts on that? I guess I got to play God of War now, so I can play Ragnarok with you guys. God of War, honestly, 
I love The Last of Us Part 2. I love Ghost of Tsushima. I think God of War might be the best PlayStation 4 game. You need to play it. Are you getting nostalgic or do you really think that? No, I think I, I think I think that. I think I feel that right in my balls. You feel it right in your plums? Right in my plums. Number two, Travis, following the showcase stream, the PlayStation 5 world devolved into chaos as we were left with no news of pre-order availability from Sony and the internet went appropriately bonkers. Industry heavyweight Jeff Keighley began tweeting that he was hearing PlayStation 5 pre-orders may go live Wednesday night and then backtracked and said he was told they would be live on Thursday at certain retailers. What followed after that was nothing short of madness. As retailers around the world began taking pre-orders at various times throughout the rest of the night, with the console going in and out of stock everywhere. This all came on the heels of Sony explicitly telling us previously that we would have plenty of advance notice for when pre-orders would go live. So what in the hell happened, Travis? I have a couple of theories, and one I think disproves itself, so we can start with that one. Um, the most easily dismissible theory is that Sony let this happen on purpose to kind of see or create a fury of interest. So you get mm-hmm. kind of like all these sellouts happening immediately and people are like, shit, I got to get one now. So let's right. start crashing all these people. Sony doesn't care if you buy it from Target or Best Buy or Walmart. They don't care. Right. And you create this sort of demand by throwing it out to the wolves like that. That's one theory. But you can kind of say that's not logical because they told us they were going to give us plenty of advance and they didn't. So that's an easy way to dismiss that idea. Another idea that might be more likely is some retailer you know, just missed the boat and let their pre-orders go live. And then everybody else was like, well, I'm not missing out on this. And they just let it flow. That would, that seems more likely to me. Yeah. I think that, uh, if I remember, if I remember correctly, Walmart, I think was the first one, at least in the U S to open pre-orders. And then from there, it's exactly what you said. It was just like the floodgates. It was like, Everybody was like, well, we're not just going to let Walmart do this. It's, you know, we're going to go too. you know, if they're not, if they're not going to do anything about Walmart, they're not going to do anything to us. So right. it was just chaos. It was just like one after the other. And I think that it's bullshit that after Sony basically, I mean, publicly said that they would give everyone advance notice, you know, which I guess they did apparently in a tweet say, you know, Thursday, that wasn't Thursday. Yeah. So I I think it's ridiculous that that's how it went down. It was absolute chaos. It was not fair to the fans. And I understand why people were upset about it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I've also seen a theory uh, that Sony did this on purpose because they wanted to work around, they wanted to basically throw scalpers off. The reason being that if by just kind of letting them go out of the blue, scalpers could not set up bots to be ready on these websites at a set time on a set day mm-hmm. to go, to go and have bots buy you know, 10 or 15 consoles for them right. to then turn, for them to then turn around and scalp on eBay. Right. So if that is the case, I guess that's kind of brilliant. And maybe they looked at it from a standpoint, again, this is speculation, maybe they looked at it from a standpoint of, well, they can be mad at us now or they could have been mad at us later when there was no consoles available and they're on eBay for $1,500. Right. So you kind of look at it like we talked about with New Coke. Are they 
people just aren't that smart. Right. My guess or my gut feeling I kind of I kind of go both ways on this. There was a there was a a fun a kind of a sport to hunting around trying to find one. It was a and, thrill. Yeah, and you you know, I was texting you guys. I was having a hell of a journey. You know, Best Buy told me I had two, then I had zero, then I had one, and then it kicked me it kicked everything out of my cart. Well, I don't know what Walmart was trying to tell me. Um, I heard that Target was letting people pre-order five instead of one at a time. <laughs> wow. Because I heard that from a guy that we work with. I texted him and asked him if he got one. He's like, I was at Target, and they let somebody in front of him take like five or six pre-orders, and they were out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that guy dropped like four or five grand and walked out. So, you know, that didn't help. But, uh, listen, I don't know if we can 100% blame PS5 for this. Look, they did a good job of keeping their price a secret. We didn't know what the console looked like or any of the accessories look like until they wanted us to. You know, Xbox had stuff leaked a week before they wanted it to. So, true. you know, if this is the only thing they lost control of because Walmart or whoever decided to put it out, I mean, they were 99% successful in kind of holding everything back. And at the end of the day, look, in January, everybody's going to have one that wants one probably, is what I feel right. like. So it's, listen, just because you didn't get a pre-order today doesn't mean you can't get one tomorrow. I mean, they've still been, people have been adding them in stock ever since then. Yeah, I think they're going to continue to go in and, in and out of stock. And then I think that after launch, I think that you're going to find them very rarely on store shelves until like late winter, like you said, right. January, February, March. I do. It does on the surface seem that Walmart went rogue, at least in America, and then everything else just kind of went downhill from there. That's what it seems like. So you just have to take it at face value for now and and look at it as something that was out of Sony's control in some way, even though Xbox has been able to control theirs, which is worth noting. And I guess we'll see how those bots work when they are pre-orders release. Yeah, we will. So you were able to get one, correct, from Amazon? Yeah, I got one from Amazon, and it was, you know, Amazon used a high quantity of people on their app, so it wasn't crashing like Best Buy. It wasn't telling me I was blocked like GameStop. Hmm. It was easy. I clicked twice, buy it now, add to cart, got it. I was able to get one. I was able to get two, actually. I got one from Walmart when their pre-orders went live. And the only reason I got another one is because I don't trust Walmart <laughs> to keep the to keep the pre-order and to fulfill it either at all or on time. So it made me nervous. Right. So that made me nervous. So I actually called GameStop and the girl told me that they weren't taking them till Thursday. Then I started to see pictures on Twitter of people with their receipt. I'm like, oh, hell no. So I get in the car and drive to GameStop. Same lady takes my PlayStation 5 pre-order. There was a guy in front of me pre-ordering once. I was like, okay, this is a good sign. So I was able to pre-order one at GameStop as well. Mm -hmm. So I've got two pre-ordered. Hopefully, I just need one of them to hold up. And we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but with their, just before we started recording, we started to get notifications that Amazon sent out an email to those who pre-ordered stating that they may not get their console on launch date due to high demand. And uh, did you get that email yet or no? Yeah, I got it right after I saw it on Twitter. I'm almost more concerned about the quality of the box when it gets here. I'm afraid that they're going to kick it down the driveway or something. <laughs> right. It's the only console I've ever ordered to have delivered to me. I've always gotten them on launch day, like at GameStop. Right. So I'm, I'm a little apprehensive. Part of me still feels like it's going to get lost in the shuffle. 
you know, I've right. ordered stuff before and then it magically d- deleted itself and then I got the money back in my account. So there's a part of me that's kind of like wondering if it'll really show up. Like I'll believe it when I see it. It's going to be a nerve wracking couple of months for sure. Number three, Travis, the PlayStation 5 news did not stop there, as we began learning quite a bit more on Wednesday night when Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan penned an article on the PlayStation blog with more PlayStation 5 details. For starters, we learned that Sony will price PlayStation Worldwide Studios games between $49.99 and $69.99 on PlayStation 5. (laughs) What do you think? There's a connotation with games. We've talked about this before. Like that's a that's a forty dollar game or it's a thirty dollar game, and the perception is they're not as good. Um, and I, you know, I kind of feel like when people see fifty dollar games, that's the new forty. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what do people mean by it's not as good. Like it's not the quality of Ghost of Tsushima. It doesn't mean it's what makes a game good. Like like the Avengers has like whatever it has a seventy three on Metacritic or something, but. Mm-hmm. it's fun to play so to, to, for me it's like what you know what i mean like dead nation what do we pay for that like ten dollars five dollars yeah maybe yeah 10 15 something like that and we had a blast so it's like i don't understand where the connotation came from i guess is my point um i think a lot of it has to do with the length of the game too sometimes yeah but length doesn't always make it better i mean you know ask That's any true. ask any girl <laughs> that's very true i'm just saying so don't ask our wives though yeah don't ask our they wouldn't know um like valiant hearts was pretty short and i enjoyed the hell out of that yeah there you go i don't know i'm just saying i don't get it like it's fine if it's 50 dollars. like miles morales like people were talking shit mm-hmm. like oh you know microsoft broskies were like oh man you know your your lovely spider-man game is 50 dollars. it's it's a 50 dollars dlc it's like well first of all you're not getting anything on here so fuck off but second it doesn't mean it's bad like Correct. If they charge you seventy dollars for that, your argument would be you're paying seventy dollars for DLC. Like it doesn't I don't know. It's just a stupid argument to me. What are your thoughts on games going to sixty nine ninety nine now as opposed to the the old fifty nine ninety nine? I feel like it makes it more sustainable for um for these companies that, that you know they spend hundred, two hundred million dollars on games, so Yeah. Or whatever they spend on GTA. They spend like a quarter of a billion on one of their games and Rockstar spend like that much on Red Dead or something. So they kind of need to, don't they? Yeah. I mean, people are really upset about this $69.99 price on video games, not only from PlayStation first parties, but, you know, 2K obviously. And I I don't get it, frankly. I mean, it's, we haven't seen a price increase on games for 20 years now. And or almost, I mean, well, 15, yeah, 15 years, I guess, 16 years, I guess. So I just don't get it, guys. Like, it it doesn't work that way. You've got to, you've got to raise the price on some, on these things. They're not, our value is inherently increased in 15 years on what we are seeing and experiencing and getting out of a video game. And there's definitely going to be some games worth $69.99. Right. I mean, you could argue, you could argue there are games on this generation that are worth sixty nine ninety nine, like right. The Last of Us Part Two, some like God of pay War. Ninety dollars for that. Yeah, pe- some people already do with the special editions and things right. like that. So and that's a good point too. Like the people that are bitching about this are the same people that will spend ninety dollars on a special edition, or they'll be like, "Well, Call of Duty is only sixty dollars," and then they'll spend six hundred dollars in the next twelve months, so they have purple bullets. It's like, right. do you not understand? 
you're still spending the money. <laughs> like if you buy if you buy ten games in a year, that's a yeah. hundred dollars. I mean, come on. Travis, we also discovered that several PlayStation 5 titles that we thought would be exclusive to the PlayStation 5 console will also be coming to the PlayStation 4. The now cross-gen titles include Horizon Forbidden West, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Sackboy A Big Adventure. So what do you think about this? Well, I had a question for you about something I read about this. I read online people were using this as an excuse not to buy the PS5 at launch. Uh huh. I wonder what you thought about that. If you feel like you're going to be comfortable playing what are next-gen games on a current-gen console just scaled down, then go for it, I guess. <laughs> so I do take issue with this because after we even crushed Microsoft on our last episode about this, about catering to cross-gen titles having them play on a lower spec console and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and so i've got to crush sony a little bit on this too to be fair they've marketed it they've marketed the playstation 5 and the brand in general as we believe in generations and so on and so forth and then they come out and tell us that three of the biggest and two at least to be sure of the biggest games on the playstation 5 are going to play on the PlayStation 4 as well. So you can't help but wonder if it's going to hold these games back in a way, just like we were talking about last week. So mm-hmm. uh, there's there's some vitriol out there online for at Sony for this. And, I mean, it's, it's fair. It's warranted. I mean, this is a step back. You know, this is walking back the previous stance that they took on this stuff. So I don't know. Hopefully, I'm sure the game's are going to look and play great on PS5, but you can't help but wonder if they're going to be held back in some way because of this. After that, Travis, we also learned from the blog post the prices of PlayStation 5 accessories. The DualSense controller will be $69.99, which I think is a $5 increase from the DualShock 4 this generation, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly. The Pulse 3D audio headset will be $99.99, which isn't bad compared to uh, some of the rumors that we saw prior. The HD camera will be $59.99. The media remote will be $29.99. And the DualSense controller charging station will also be $29.99. Is anything of note there for you? All those prices are about what I expected. I still don't... Yeah. The media remote thing is interesting. I just use my controller. I don't really know why I need a media remote. Right. But I get it. I guess your controller doesn't have to be on then, so it doesn't die. But I feel like right. that headset, I guess $100 is about right. I thought it might be more than that, honestly. I did too. I thought it would be over 100 but the gold headsets now are $99.99, so I guess they're trying to stay around that sweet right. spot, so to speak. So I was able to get an extra controller and a headset from GameStop, so hopefully those hold up. And finally, the blog post also confirms PlayStation 5 launch games and prices, which will be available on launch at, or on, at launch on November the 12th. Demon's Souls will be $69.99. Destruction All-Stars will also be $69.99. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, as Travis mentioned, will be $49.99. You can also get a Ultimate Edition of that game, which includes a remastered version of the original Spider-Man for $69.99. And then Sackboy, A Big Adventure, will be $59.99. 
Any anything stand out to you there? Didn't we talk about Destruction All Stars might be like forty dollars? Did we? We talk did. About that? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That price surprised me for that game. I expected it to be like a twenty or not a twenty, like a thirty or forty dollar game, like thirty nine ninety nine at most. But yeah, obviously I was way off. Right. So I mean, they can go for it on launch day. I mean, whatever people are gonna buy it. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm going to buy it, but I guess it's going to be more robust than what we thought. That's fine. So, well, we saw in that video, they were, a guy was running on the walls and like collecting diamonds or something. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's way more than I expected it to be able to do. A couple of weird things about these games. So in the Demon Souls trailer in the showcase, it did not give us a date. It did not say it was a launch date. We learned that yeah. after the fact in a blog post. Right. It also mentioned that in the trailer that they uploaded that it was coming to put it to PS5 and PC. They then took that down and came out and said that that was an error. So they doing some weird stuff uh, on the Demon Souls front. I don't know if there's still some things in flux with that or what, but it's weird that they didn't include that release date if it's going to be a launch game in that trailer. So Number four, later Wednesday, SIE's Jim Ryan. Again, continued the media blitz by giving interviews to the Washington Post, GameIndustry.biz, and Famitsu. In his interview with the Washington Post, Ryan said a few interesting things. First, that the pricing of the PlayStation 5 machines was decided, quote, quite early this year, end quote. And that Sony always intended to offer a version of the PlayStation 5 at the same price point as the launch PS4. Hmm. Ryan, Ryan also confirmed that 99% of the thousands of PS4 games tested for backwards compatibility will be playable on the PlayStation 5. And in regards to gamers' obvious frustration over the cross-gen titles mentioned above, Ryan said, quote, No one should be disappointed. The PlayStation 5 versions of those games are built from the ground up to take advantage of the PS5 feature set, and we have an upgrade path for PS4 users to get the PS5 versions for free. It's about people having choice, end quote. Additionally, when discussing the life left in the PlayStation 4, Ryan stated, quote, The PlayStation 4 community will continue to be incredibly important to us for three to four years. Many will transition to PS5, we hope if we do our job well, but tens of millions will still be engaged with the PS4, end quote. So what do you think about his Washington Post interview? Anything jump out at you there? Yeah, I guess let's go in reverse and start with point three, which I think is the most important of those points um we talked a little bit about this last week like what would these developers do with these cross-platform games or these cross-generation games so i hope he's correct in saying that these ps5 versions of any game are built from the ground up just for ps5 and i mean i don't know what that means for developers i don't know if that means they have two teams or if it's feasible right. to, i have no idea what that means but that makes me feel like the cross-gen games we just read about, like, you know, Zero Dawn, Horizon, Five Goes West, like, that will still be good and better on Five. Like, that's what we want. That's the whole point of the Five. So this made me feel like, you know, we're on the right path there, and the developers kind of don't give a shit that the other competitor has a less specked out machine. I get trying to take care of the PlayStation 4 players. I mean, there's over 100, you know, 10 million, 115 million consoles out there. So I, in a way, understand not abandoning uh, players on the PlayStation 4 entirely. I do get that. I understand about giving people choice. 
but it still disappoints me in a way that they're doing this. But I'm sure that the games will be fine and play well on PlayStation 5, so mm-hmm. time will tell. It's also good to get confirmation that pretty much all the PlayStation 4 games are going to be compatible on the PlayStation 5. Right, but that's also... That's him saying, like, just get the new console. The new games yeah. will play the way they're supposed to, and you can still play your old ones. That's kind of like what he's doing there, which is smart. That's a good point. That's a good point. Elsewhere, in an interview with the website GameIndustry.biz, Ryan also had some interesting things to say there. Regarding the difference in next-gen hardware lineup between PlayStation and Xbox, Ryan stated, quote, In terms of the hardware lineup, the thinking behind it was to try and give gamers certainty. Certainty when you look at the SKU configuration. Certainty that they're buying a true next-generation console. It's something I've said before. It's important to make clear that the only difference between a PS5 Digital Edition and a PS5 Standard Edition is the disk drive, end quote. Also, in regards to the newly announced PlayStation Plus collection and whether Sony may take an approach similar to Xbox Game Pass in the future, Ryan said, quote, For us, having a catalog of games is not something that defines a platform. He went on to say, We have had this conversation before. We are not going to go down the road of putting new release titles into a subscription model. These games cost many millions of dollars, well over $100 million, to develop. We just don't see that as sustainable, end quote. Any thoughts here? To, to start with point one, I thought they did a really good job of making the two versions the same minus the disk drive. Yeah. And then they made it very clear. It's not a less spec operation system or anything like that, which is, which is cool. That's what you want. Yep. I, I honestly, I, I kind of feel like they could have maybe sold them at the same price. I'm not sure it would have made much of a difference. True. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's just the way it is now. What do you need the disc drive for? To pay, play your old PS4 discs or to, or to watch Blu-rays? Right. And I saw people online saying like, well, I'm going to get the five with a disc so I can watch Blu-rays. I'm like, these people live in a different fucking world than I do. Like, either yeah. they have $100 to throw away. How, I, you know how many Blu-rays I have? I couldn't tell you last time I watched one. Correct. I don't know the last time I watched a physical movie. I just stream everything. Um, yep. Whatever, guys. But then... <laughs> So I kind of felt like his comment about Game Pass was kind of like a shot fired. Absolutely. So again, and I've heard people say too, Xbox is better because of this Game Pass thing. Look, Xbox wants you to buy the Game Pass. If you don't buy the system, but you get the Game Pass, they're going to be happy. Mm, Yes. And they don't care. And you know, it's a a subscription-based model. So what does that mean? It means you're paying money every month, right? Yep. Look, I get that you have this pass, and instead of paying... You know, $70 for a game, you're paying this much a month. And in theory, the game is cheaper because of that, but you're still paying a month. So what if you don't buy a game for four months? Are you not wasting money then? Mm, like that's, that's a fair point. That's just how I look at things when I think about money, right? Right. So for me, it's like I would rather have a system, and if I want that game, I'll just go buy the game. Like, I don't want you yeah. charging me every month because I, and I didn't play anything like, Right. That just pisses me off. <laughs> right. That's a good way to look at it too. I I think Sony's model is perfectly fine. I think Xbox's model, if they won't want to commit to that long term, that's fine too. We'll see which one works out. Maybe it works out for the for both. But so far we've seen that it has not yielded any first party titles of note. And finally, Travis, website DualShockers reported on Thursday that Jim Ryan finally confirmed that the PS5 will not be backwards compatible with 
PS1, PS2, or PS3 games. In an interview with the Japanese publication Famitsu, Ryan discussed that Sony was focused on implementing new technologies for the PS5 as well as including PS4 compatibility. As such, Ryan stated that, quote, Unfortunately, we couldn't reach the implementation of such backward compatibilities, end quote. Any thoughts there? Yeah, what he meant was, um, we didn't fucking try. <laughs> Correct. Like, we, we're they not don't need to. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to. Like, why are you asking him this question, Dual Shockers? I'm not convinced that anybody, if you of the 115 million people who own a PS4, I bet if you sent every one of them a poll and asked them if they cared about playing PS1, PS2, or PS3 physical games on their PS4 or PS5, or either one, I bet it's less than 2%. Right. Maybe 1% of people who care about that. Right. I, I'm not convinced that people care that much about playing their old games on that. I really don't. The only game that you get a decent amount of people to play would be NCAA football or college hoops. Right. Yeah. I'm, I've owned every PlayStation console, and I love them all, and I'm not interested in going back and playing some of these old games. Right, yeah. I'm not plugging my PlayStation to play Destruction Derby or whatever I was playing back then. Like, it's not happening. And if I wanted to play one of these games that we've talked about before on the show, like whatever, Die Hard and things like that, I'll just get a PlayStation 1 and hook it up to a TV right. and play it. Like, yeah, I, at this point, I'll go buy one. Like, whatever, dude. Yeah, they're cheap. It's okay. Number five, PlayStation 5 hardware production has reportedly hit a significant bump in the road, which will result in less PlayStation 5 consoles being available at launch and beyond, according to Bloomberg. The publication reported that Sony has lowered its PS5 production estimates by 4 million units for this fiscal year. Bloomberg sources say that, quote, component production is to blame, specifically with the console's custom system on chip. According to the Bloomberg report, the chip has as low as 50% production yield. In other words, a lot of these chips are turning out defective and less PS5 units are being produced as, re as a result, end quote. It's not all doom and gloom, however. As Push Square added, quote, supposedly the production yield of these chips is gradually improving, but it's yet to reach a stable level, end quote. The Bloomberg report also revealed that Sony was apparently planning to ship approximately 15 million units by the end of March 2021, which will now be down to around 11 million PS5s. Following this, Sony publicly denied the Bloomberg report, stating, quote, while we do not release details related to manufacturing, the information provided by Bloomberg is false. We have not changed the production number for PlayStation 5 since the start of mass production, end quote. All right, so there's a lot to unpack there. What do you think about this? You know, a lot of us sim racers were crushing F1 for the rate of failure on our development parts, and then we see the PS5 as a 50% production yield. <laughs> That right. is insane. Can you imagine going into production with something where one out of two fails? I feel like most right. people would say no. That's just money down the drain, I feel like. Right. So I could see this going either way. I could see Sony lying. I could see Bloomberg lying. Um, obviously, there's some smoke there. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe the projection is 11 million, but, but Sony feels like, you know, with these, I guess, chips improving gradually that they'll still get there. I don't know what to make of it, really. I mean, I guess I'm just more concerned about me. <laughs> yeah. One of the weird things about this is that we had previously heard that Sony, a few months back, doubled production from 5 million to around 10 million units. 
And now in this report, they were up to 15. Yeah, I'd never before, heard that. Be- before this cut. So the math doesn't necessarily add up there. Um, I do think that if you don't get a console pre-ordered, you're going to have a very hard time finding one at launch this holiday. Yeah, for and sure. you, you may not be able to get one until next year. I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Number six, Sony seems to be pivoting logistically in an effort to satiate PlayStation 5 demand this holiday. Website PushSquare reported that Sony will fly PS5 hardware to the U.S. in order to meet launch demand. According to Nyko Partners analyst Daniel Ahmad, PushSquare wrote, quote, The information comes courtesy of Delta Air Cargo boss Jerry Tai, with the Japanese giant booking Delta 747s to fulfill the all-important task. Ahmad admits that he's not sure whether the manufacturer has commissioned 60 flights or 60 aircraft, but adds that it does sound like each flight will be full. He added that the air shipments are unlikely to cover all shipments, meaning more units could be sent by sea. End quote. As we have discussed previously, PlayStation 5 consoles will also be shipped by boat to various regions around the globe, as it is a much cheaper shipment method compared to air freight. Any thoughts here? Ahmad's going to be out on the coast of Oregon giving us lights, you know, two if by sea, one if by air. <laughs> this is this is hilarious. I mean, on one hand, I love the idea of it that they're like concerned enough and want their product out enough that they're willing to get 747s. But a part of me also is like, we're on the last chopper out of NAM. We got people on the floorboard. Like we're trying to get out of Saigon. You know, it's got to be expensive too. Right. Like that thing isn't cheap. Um I, whatever it's cool it's a cool idea and it's i can't imagine or can't remember a time where a product maybe the first iphone was like this where they were doing really weird shit to get them over here yeah probably i don't remember exactly but i could very well see that being the case the fact that they're going to air freight these over here means that they're expecting number one a very strong demand which we've already seen basically with the pre with the pre-orders and number two they're expecting supply constraints Mm -hmm. so they're going to do whatever they can to get as many here as possible so i think you i think you add all these things up and the clear red flag is that there's going to be supply droughts on the way number seven the npd group released industry sales data for the month of august The best-selling games on PS4 during the month were in order. Number one, Madden NFL 21, which is 21 straight years that Madden is the top-selling game during its launch month. It is the best-selling sports franchise of all time in the United States and third best-selling franchise overall. Number two was Ghost of Tsushima, followed by UFC 4, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, The Last of Us Part 2, Minecraft, Final Fantasy VII Remake, MLB The Show 20, Marvel's Spider-Man, and PGA Tour 2K21 at number 10. What do you think? The the two interesting things I see here are, to be on this list, you want to be a first-party exclusive or a sports game. And mm. all of these sports games, they're the only game of that sport. Correct. And it's crazy to me, like, Clearly the demand is there to play a baseball game or a golf game or a football game and nobody else makes one. It's very not competitive and yeah. people are saying how terrible Madden is 
It's the first year of PGA, so who knows what that'll be. But it's 2K, so it'll probably suck in a few years, and it'll just be about you know men's leggings and Adidas shoes or whatever. <laughs> um, but again, the only well, the only cross platform games on here is what Call of Duty and uh, Minecraft. Uh, yeah, no, and then PGA and the sports games. Obviously. Well, yeah, other than the sports games, yeah, 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 correct. So yeah, that's what I think is fascinating about this list. It's really uh, cool to see Ghost of Tsushima still there at number two. Right. A month after their release and The Last of Us Part 2 at number five, right? And so it's good for them that uh, their sales are still going strong. Number eight, upcoming PlayStation 5 exclusive Godfall released a new trailer over the weekend highlighting the game's combat. The game seems to have received a bit of a graphical upgrade since the last time we saw it. We also learned that there will be multiple editions of the game. The base game, the deluxe edition, which will include the game's first expansion, and then also the ascended edition, which includes the expansion and several extra cosmetic items. Following the PS5 showcase on Wednesday, developer Counterplay Games announced that the game has gone gold and will launch alongside the PlayStation 5 on November 12th. What do you think about this? Did you see the new trailer at all or no? I did. Um, I thought the combat looked really cool. I thought the effects looked really cool. Um, you know, like the colors that were kind of flying off. and Yeah. And some of the combat was so intense and so close quarters, you couldn't really make heads or tails of what was going on because it was so much chaos. Sure. Um, and after the whole thing and that whole trailer, I'm still lukewarm. Yeah, I'm. so my interest has increased in the game. I still want to wait for reviews and see how it gets reviewed. But it looks very pretty, and it looks better than it ever has. I'll say that much. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we'll have to wait. What the? Yeah. So we'll wait and see how it comes out. Number nine, Travis. We have several news nuggets here that I'll run through. If you feel like you want to jump in at any point, feel free to do so. First nugget here: website Video Games Chronicle reported that Portuguese retailer Gaming Replay has leaked the Mass Effect trilogy remastered with an October release date. The listing was quickly deleted, as you might imagine. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that the name change of Ubisoft's Immortals Phoenix Rising from Gods and Monsters appears to be due to a legal trademark challenge by Monster Energy. (laughs) Ubisoft has since denied the report. This does not feel like Monster to me. I feel like they're the type of company that's just like free advertising, if you think of that. Right, they're in they're in uh, Death Stranding. They're in games all the time. Right, and they're gonna get mad about this. They're gonna know. be all over the new Dirt game. Like, right, I just doesn't seem like this is a thing. And also, I monsters. Know. Like, do they sue Monsters Inc? Like, everything yeah. is monsters are everywhere. Yeah, there's all kinds. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. I don't, I don't know about that one. Also, Travis website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Michael Ansel, the creative director behind the upcoming games Beyond Good and Evil 2 and the PS4 exclusive Wild, is retiring from the gaming industry to start a wildlife sanctuary. In a statement, <laughs> that's true. In a statement, Ansel assured fans that both games are in good hands moving forward. Are the are the animals in good hands? I'm more worried about them than your games. <laughs> What are you doing? Uh, he's got to be better. He's got to be better than the Tiger King. Oh God! <laughs> Website PlayStation Universe reported that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two Remake has sold over one million copies since launch, making it the fastest-selling game in franchise history. 
Website Gematsu reported that action-adventure platformer Golden Force will release on PS4 sometime in quarter four of this year. That Borderlands 3 will make its way to PS5, possibly in 2020, with cross-platform play coming to the game in 2021. The PS5 version of the game will include 4K60 and split-screen co-op. That anime action RPG Zengon has been delayed to 2021 on PS4. That limited run games will sell a limited physical edition of Doom 64 on PS4. Pre-orders will open on September 25th. That adventure game Tohu will release on PS4 sometime in 2020. That puzzle adventure game Iris.Fall will launch on PS4 on January 8th. That side-scrolling action game Bladed Fury will release on PS4 on January 21st. That vertical shoot-em-up Ginga Force will launch on PS4 on September 24th. That story-driven third-person science fiction adventure game, The Uncertain, Light at the End, will come to PS4 in 2021. That Fall Guys received a mid-season update, which adds new round variations and a new obstacle called Big Yetus, which you reported (laughs) on for us here. Gamatsu also reported that first-person slasher Ghost Runner will launch on PS4 on October 27th. PlayStation Plus subscribers can purchase the title right now for 20% off. That first-person science fiction retro future thriller, The Invincible, will launch on PS5 at some point in 2021. That narrative adventure game from Don't Nod Entertainment, Twin Mirror, will release on PS4 on December 1st. That first-person narrative horror game, Amnesia Rebirth, will launch on PS4 on October 20th. That Rocket League will officially go free-to-play on September 23rd. That anti-gravity combat racing game, Pacer, has been delayed from September 17th and will now launch by the end of September. That publisher-developer Konami is currently working on a game based on the popular space fantasy manga, Eden's Zero. That comic book-inspired third-person action shooter, Foreclosed, will launch on PS4 and PS5 in 2021. That motocross game MXGP 2020 will release on PS4 and PS5 on December 10th. That Katamari Damacy Reroll will come to PS4 on November 20th. That Chicago set gangster strategy game Empire of Sin will launch on PS4 on December 1st. Can we talk about how they advertise these strategy games like Empire of Sin? Sure. Like you go into the trailer and it shows it's like, you know, it's all 3D rendered. It looks pretty good. Most Mm -hmm for all things considered. And it shows you like, you know, these people talking and they're shooting at people and they're barrel rolling out of the way. And then uh-huh. they zoom out on gameplay and you're like playing <laughs> roller coaster tycoon. Yeah. Yeah. I hate I that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's kind of misleading there right. for a minute. Like, yeah, like it's listen guys, it's, it's not just show me what it is. <laughs> right. Gamatsu also reported that action platformer Balan Wonderland, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, will will release on PS4 and PS5 on March 26th. That time-traveling puzzle platformer Yestermorrow, great name, will launch on PS4 on November the 5th. That visual novel game Gothic Murder, Adventure That Changes Destiny, will release on PS4 on September 24th. Here we go. That Japanese action shooter Shujo Jigoku no Doku Masume will come to... <laughs> we'll come <laughs> we'll come to the West as poison control. You caught me off guard there. <laughs> and we'll release on PS4 yeah. in early 2021. They called it poison control for us dumb Americans. <laughs> All that shit translates to poison control. Give me a break. <laughs> no way. 
No oh god <laughs> gamatsu also reported that open-ended sim rpg i don't know what the hell that means potion permit <laughs> will release on ps4 in 2021 that action adventure farming rpg kataria fables will come to ps4 sometime in 2021 Gamatsu also reported that publisher Bandai Namco Entertainment Europe has acquired Montreal-based developer Reflector Entertainment, who recently announced their game, Unknown 9, Awakening. That PlayStation-bound cinematic science fiction action-adventure game, Jet, The Far Shore, has been delayed to 2021. That dystopian science fiction game, Observer, System Redux, will launch on PS5 on November the 12th. And finally, that THQ Nordic parent company Embracer Group is added again and has acquired developer Vertigo Games. Vertigo Games is a VR studio whose projects include zombie shooter Arizona Sunshine and the upcoming shooter After the Fall. They're trying to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And that is all for the news this week, Travis. And now it's time to get into this week's new game releases. Take it away. New this week on PS4 is Active Neurons 2, something that nobody in this country has anymore. Also coming out, Arcade Archives, Gemini Wing, Control Ultimate Edition, Crisis Remastered, D-Leveled on PS Plus, Pez Football 2021, the Season Update Standard Edition, which is basically uh, roster update, kit update, league updates, which is we've talked about before maybe sports games could be that in the future but maybe not mm-hmm. next up we have flex terra space bundle followed by kerbal space program enchanted edition complete which is a management space program you build on your own so you might like that you have these little green guys that kind of look like uh, the green guys from toy story they're your apparently little it's very, yeah apparently it's a very popular game yeah, it looks kind of interesting uh following that we have Minoria, Outbreak Epidemic, which is what's happening right now, (laughs) Spelunky 2, Spot the Difference, Sushi Break Avatar Full Game Bundle, Takotan, that's T-A-K-O-T-A-N if you're interested, not T-A-C-O, that would be a completely different game, Mm. followed by The True, Tin and Kuna. Vampire the Masquerade, Shadows of New York, Wintermore Tactics Club on PS Plus, Wreckfest Complete Edition, WWE 2K Battlegrounds, and Yoga Master Magic Atmosphere Bundle. And that is all for the new game releases this week. As Travis mentioned, Wintermore Tactics Club and D-Leveled are on a special PlayStation Plus sale this week. So check those out if you're interested. Wintermore Tactics Club is done by the guys who developed the Banner Saga trilogy. So Mm. those are good games. Travis, let's start to wrap things up here as we run out of time. I wanted to talk to you briefly this week about the 2021 PlayStation 5 games lineup, where it currently sits at, which some delays may be likely. But currently, we're scheduled in 2021 to get Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, presumably, Deathloop, and Returnal, just to name a few. All games exclusive to the PlayStation 5, as well as now PlayStation 4 for some we know. So what do you think about this lineup of 2021 games? It's it's uh, it's pretty bitchin'. Right. 
that's an impressive lineup for the first full year after a console launch. What are your thoughts? Out of those, you feel like kind of God of War will be the last one we get based off of the fact that we only know the name. Yeah. And Ratchet and Clank seems like it's pretty close. So does Deathloop. So like we said before, we think, and like Sony said before, they'll probably end up releasing these kind of sporadically so we get a new, as you say, banger every few months. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a rumor coming out of Europe that we might get a Gran Turismo prologue this holidays, these holidays, and then Hmm. your progress there will transfer over once the real game comes out, which contradicts what they said, I guess, I guess two years ago now when they said they weren't going to do any more prologues because we had a prologue for uh, GT6, so... That'll be interesting. Um, I could see them doing that just to kind of, you know, maybe if there's a lull or maybe some of these games get delayed, they might throw out a prologue or they might tell, they might tell them they need to throw out a prologue to get people to do something, you know, have something over the winter. Right, right. I so this is this is a hell of a lineup. I think if I'm just taking a guess, I think Ratchet and Clank is probably March. Horizon is probably April. I would put Deathloop in June, probably. Returnal around August. God of War sometime in October or November. And then Gran Turismo 7. I don't really know where that fits in. Did they have like a time frame that they historically fit into, or are they just kind of all over the place with their release dates? Like they do, do they normally try to come out in like the winter time, or this, like what, or does it matter? They usually do what Cyberpunk does, where they tell you something and they delay and then they delay. So it's Gran oh. Turismo. You never know. There's always something <laughs> like the guys that make that game are like perfectionists, so they always find something to tweak, or they don't like, or they want to go record a new sound on an engine or something. So. Who knows? Mm. Who the hell knows? I, I would say it won't be anytime soon. They'll be the wild card then. It's weird though that we that we've seen pretty lengthy gameplay though. I mean, I guess it could have just been a vertical slice that they made for that. But right, usually when you start to see gameplay of something, you know, you're you're getting pretty well on in development. So, Travis, why don't we start to wrap things up here? Talk to me about what you're going to be playing in the week ahead here. Well, I guess we're going to be playing a lot of the Alpha Call of Duty Alpha this weekend. Oh hell yeah! So. <laughs> Uh, what we did see, we saw earlier we can vote on maps, so that's all mm-hmm. I know. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Hopefully it's good, and I'll end up pre-ordering it. That's the plan. Mm-mm. I would like to do the raid on the Avengers at some point if we're all on, but who knows if we'll all be mm-hmm. online. And you guys seem to think we can platinum that, but I don't know. Seems like seems like it's not going to happen. <laughs> Just time consuming. Just time consuming. Then other than that, I'll probably do another race or two this week. Um, I, I don't even know where I am. Whatever race seven is, I think we're at uh, Monaco, which I will Sweet. suck at because I'm I'm only good at the um, I'm good at driving fast. I'm not good at like these city circuits where you have to be slow and technical. Like that's not what my car's set up for. So I'm sure that'll be a disaster. Are you gonna stream it? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I might set it up to where I only do so many um, flashbacks because. I just hate slow tracks, so if I crash five times, just forget it. I'll come in last. <laughs> sure. Go to the next one. <laughs> well, I'm going to play Red Dead Online this week per usual to get challenges. Uh, you and I and uh, John plan to play the Alpha for Black Ops Cold War this weekend. going to crush that as much as possible. That'll be fun. 
to get our fill and get a get a good uh, get a good glimpse at it. We'll probably mix in some modern warfare, I would assume, at some point. And I definitely want to mix in a heavy dose of Avengers. Keep uh, keep playing that and getting our level up there. And then uh, I'll probably mix in some NBA 2K21 at certain points, just here and there, whenever I have some some free time, or maybe, maybe you guys aren't on. So we'll see if that game stays as difficult as it appears to be, or if that's just a figment of everyone's imagination. So. And that's that's probably about it. So, Travis, that's all we've got for this episode. If you guys enjoy the show, again, we would appreciate if you would subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review or share us with a friend. You can find us every Sunday on your favorite podcasting platform. We thank you guys for listening. Travis, thanks for joining me to record, and we will talk at you guys next week.